Welcome to the Cinema Swamp. Okay. Let's party. In episode 58, we discuss the adaptations of Stephen King's The Shining and the 2019 film Dr. Sleep. For the first half, we talk about the Stanley Kubrick classic, and then we head right into the sequel. We hope you enjoy this episode. I, I do kind of wonder at this point if we'll ever do the Terminator episode, no, but I maybe see. maybe in a couple years. I still want to watch Salvation, but... I feel no need to ever talk about that never seen movie ever again. No, I have. Oh, I like it. oh is that your rewatching? Oh, rewatching is the last one. I probably watch any of them except for T2 Prime. T2 is the only good show. I only want to watch the third one. She keeps saying that. That one's funny to watch. <laughs> it has so many, like... I hope I just love it, because I know that would drive me. The only parts I remember is about the girl Terminator. Spoilers! It's just Arnold in a dress. I hope so. If it's not, I'm going to be so disappointed. Put the cookie down! That'd be kind of cool, actually. <laughs> it's like white chicks and Terminator <gasps> together. That should happen. White chicks and Terminator? Mm-hmm. Have the Terminators dress up as women, I guess. Arnold as women. Arnold's. This this is episode fifty eight. By the way, all we started. I don't know. We can start that way. Why not cool. talk about? I mean, that's our way of explaining that we will be in fact postponing Terminator indefinitely. Nice. Because I just I have nothing to say about that. The more I think of the just, new movie, the just do a mini review right now. Wanna. Just I don't know. I don't know. Then we already kind of talk about it. Like was it's it on not, air? I don't even remember. It's I just thought it was. It's new Terminator was bad. Well, it wasn't bad. It was just like. It was exactly what I expected, and that is pretty much the same thing that's been coming out of Terminator for the last two decades, it's which just is... just a lesser remake of the second one. Yeah, it's just the second one again. Yeah, do you, you like Judgment Day? You'll like Terminator <clears throat> Dark Fate. It took me a, quite a minute to figure out the subtitle again. But this isn't about Terminator. No, it's not. Instead, we're going to be talking about The Shining, and it's... Um, well, I, I guess a sequel, Doctor Sleep. It is um, a sequel. Continuation. I, I call it a sequel straight up. And I think yeah. Stephen it, King I'd called it a, a sequel. It's a sequel. When they were making the movie, they were like but, trying to be weird about it. Like, well, it's not a sequel. But it's, it's not a sequel to the taking, Jack Nicholson one. It's a sequel to the 1997 TV special. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great if they brought back that actor from that movie and had him in like this yeah. Shining set. Did you actually Have you seen it? No, but I, I've seen parts of it, yeah, and yeah. I don't know. I, I know that Stephen King always liked it more. I don't remember if he was, like... he Was was he, in fact, a director, or was he just very heavily involved? I don't involved? know if he was a director, but he was more heavily involved, yeah. Because Stephen King's always notoriously hated the Shining movie, and I, I don't really know why. It seems like a kind of a random one to pick out of the all the movies that have been made that he doesn't like that one. It was one of his earlier adaptations, mm-hmm. but... I think it's because they changed so much. But how much did they actually change? They changed the entire ending of the entire ending of the book. Cuz like Spoiler at, for us. Okay, at the end of the book, the Overlook Hotel completely blows up. Jack Nicholson dies inside. And then in the movie, he clearly doesn't. He He freezes. He freezes to death outside. The Overlook is still standing. They changed a lot of smaller details. I think it's just the amount that they changed throughout the whole hmm. book. 
that he's just frustrated with. So in the book, Doctor Sleep. In the book, is okay. the Overlook. I was gonna go over yeah. that. I have a whole. <laughs> I have a whole. Well, list let's of get to that with so Doctor Sleep because because okay, that's solidus. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I I kind of like how you're saying about the Overlook, how it blew up at the end of the first book because that gives me the idea that it's not in the doctor sleep book yeah it's a it's a it solidifies the fact it's not i have that in my notes for later if because we want to go over that i I will say that kind of explains a lot of the third act of doctor sleep but i guess we'll get to that um and in the 1997 shining it does blow up the 1990s yeah oh the tv version the true version as stephen king would say (laughs) I don't know. I still think it's kind of random for him to go after The Shining um, just because he's had so many adaptations that I'm sure have taken many liberties. But, I mean, The Shining itself is still a work of art. But I I guess I've never written a book that was taken by someone else and then they're like, I'm going to do my own thing now. Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's kind of cool to get something a little different than what we have from the book. But I'm just surprised that he would change so many details. Um he did Clockwork Orange, and I've read the book and the movie, and it's pretty much, well, it's pretty much word for word what's in the book, except for the very end. Actually, he changes the end again, huh. but um, technically it's not changing the ending because that's how the author originally wanted it. So, I don't know, that's, um, that's interesting, though, that, it's, that, he, just... that Kubrick would change that much of The Shining and that Stephen King would get so mad. Maybe he just, like... Clockwork Orange more, so he didn't want to change as much. <laughs> well, <laughs> and also Stephen King is notorious for having really right. shitty endings to his books. He can't write an end to save That's his life. That's true. But the Overlook blowing up doesn't sound like awful. Like, that doesn't even sound like a bad ending, but I guess in the terms of the rest of the book, I, I guess I've never read it. Um, as the movie ends, I mean, it, it kind of ends exactly how I feel a psychological horror movie would end um i think it's a good ending but it leaves a lot of questions and i don't mind that those questions would never be answered and i wouldn't say that the new movie really answers every question anyway but we'll get to that what what does everyone think of the 1980 stanley kubrick shining film i love it it's excellent Yeah, is anybody really here going to argue that it's not no. good? I no, mean, it's great. <laughs> Are you going to be devil's advocate? No, okay. no, because actually, I used to not. I was. I saw it a couple years ago, and I wasn't too into it. But rewatching it, I was like, "Screw it! It is really good." I, I still, I don't think it's one of the greatest horror movies ever made. No, mm-hmm. but and I wouldn't even put it up there as one of Kubrick's best movies. Mm-hmm. But I think it is a work of art. Mm-hmm. It's shot really it, it's, well. It's like, I was way more uh, into this just the shooting aspect of the exactly. movie this time. Mm-hmm. And That's pretty much the every, only thing I love about the every scene is set like, design. Every yeah. scene is like a painting, almost. Mm-hmm. like. And I don't think it's the best horror movie ever, but I do think it's crucial to the genre. It introduced yeah. a lot of techniques in filming and like scene setups and stuff that are used in so many other horror movies. Like... Midsummer had the like panning shot like right in the beginning of The Shining and Doctor Sleep did it too which obviously was a callback to the movie but mm-hmm. I've seen that in a couple other movies and it always looks so cool. I feel like I was even thinking of Midsummer while rewatching it because I feel like I have somewhat the only issue that I had with Midsummer was that in the end it just kind of became a basic 
what I've seen in horror movies before. And I feel like that with The Shining, too, except I guess it's 1980, so maybe it hadn't been done so much by then mm-hmm. but like by the end it's like oh wacky stuff going on in the hotel and i love it i do love the movie but in the end it's like without all those questions explained and you it gives you a lot to process but if you're not if you don't end up being a huge fan of this movie that's processing all of that it does to me just feel like a wacky stuff going on crazy stuff here look at the ghost here look at the blowjob here just you know just crazy (laughs) stuff left and right and movie ends and it's great but for people who are like oh it's really scary sir (laughs) i don't i just don't understand that like idea that it's a really scary movie Mm -hmm. i I don't know does anybody was anybody like a jump scare scary like the first time i watched it like the the girl in the bathroom scene I think was like the freakiest part of it mm-hmm. and this time I anticipated it so it wasn't scary um, and now it was like knowing this is my second time watching it knowing that Jack Nicholson becomes bad <laughs> he's so much more sinister at the beginning of the movie every scene with him in the, every scene in the beginning he's so creepy and sinister mm-hmm. and you know that this there's an evil in him already like it's mm-hmm. not just that this place unlocked it like he's already like mm-hmm. a horrible person somewhere yeah and that's like what was like so cool and scary to me yeah um the panning though that the filmography is the cinematography is what carries it for me though like i, I have this movie at a four star um but it's almost purely because of that like the story is all right it's not like crazy good to me but like i said the book's probably way better Um, i definitely think the book adds to it but like yeah so like the i i don't know what this would be like to see in the 80s maybe it's a lot better to watch i don't know how it was received but like it the like the cinematography like the scenes where like i said there's long panning shots where they walk like the you know like it seems like a hundred yards through a room mm-hmm. and the camera is like probably 30 yards away from them just going with them through like uh, walls and like interior like blocks and stuff mm-hmm. you know to where they walk up to the camera like not only does that take like really well done acting choreography to get there like that's impressive but then like I think the most impressive scene to me which I am blown away by is the tricycle scene mm-hmm riding around riding over rugs and then hitting the wood floor and then on the rugs and you hear that you know mm-hmm. but to know that there's like a camera on wheels too behind them i'm guessing maybe to, even to, just running i i've actually never looked into how they've so done it though i don't know how a person could do that probably on a being it, on rollers i'd say yeah it's probably on like a track I there's no track like it's it not, could be on the it, ceiling though. i think i think maybe it was following. i think it was actually just a guy following them because I feel like I saw that in the making of, and I don't want to go as far to say that the Steadicam was made for this movie, but it was, like, mm-hmm. highly developed for this film and yeah. used a lot. Watching it now, it almost feels like that was the thing he cared about the most, was just like, look at this Steadicam, look how impressive, and it is, but it's it used like so much, going into <laughs> it's used that. so much in the movie, but the tricycle scenes are good, and I believe it is just a guy chasing mm-hmm. them, pretty much. Well, it hadn't really been done. Like I said, it was invented kind of almost. In Not in, it hadn't been used in that way. Like the Steadicam, I know was used in Rocky. Mm-hmm. I. Th- I th- thought i've read that that's where it was used first but that's probably not even true but Mm -hmm. 
this movie definitely utilized it a lot more yeah, and for more dramatic effect. Mm. And it, I always watch the movie as if like something else is watching them. That's what it kind of feels like, especially when they're going through the hallways, just looking at the place. And we're going through like it almost mm. feels like we're going through walls as we yeah. follow them to the next room. And it's all one continuous shot. And I'm like, I feel like I am the ghost watching them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's shots outside where we're very far away from them. And I'm like, is that what it's supposed to be? Are we just, are we that thing that's watching them right now? Are we a ghost trap in the hotel? Right. Even in the maze, in the, in the maze, in the snowstorm, it's like a steady cam. It's like, I don't know how they're doing this. Mm -hmm. There's like some giant rig on wheels or something that's like, they just don't go the same way twice. You don't see the tracks, you know, from Mm -hmm. the giant, like vehicle with a camera on it in the maze but it's like so steady it it would be like unbelievable to think of it's a person they could put a they could put a track system up top and they could yeah most likely did it's just fascinating that they did that right very impressive that scene in the maze goes on forever but i never really get bored because i'm just so amazed by the height of those hedges and the way they kind of um made it so everything on the top of them kind of fades out of view and the lighting that is set up for that shot like so it makes it look like those the maze just never i mean because you know it's meant to like look like it never ends but even like the height of the walls just seems more high than it probably is Mm -hmm. just because it's shot in the dark because you can't really see the tops and it does kind of make the idea of being stuck in there more like scary Mm -hmm. i feel like I feel like hedges in movies, sometimes it feels like... I, I feel like you could slip through the hedges. I've been in a, a corn maze. You could just slip through. With this maze... you really, like, dedicated. You maybe could just go straight and eventually get out if you got through it. But it would not be fun. But, like, the kid gets smart at one point. <laughs> so Walks through his tracks. He is, um, I think, the best part of this movie is the fact that that kid is such a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know what other people think of his performance, but I think he's remarkable in the movie. And the fact that this was his first film role, yep. and he was able like to deliver like that a major part of the movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, I don't know, I think he deserves all the praise, even more so than Jack Nicholson. Yeah, um, I think so. I'll go that far. I've even read that they were hiding the fact that he was in a horror movie from him because he was so young. Like, he just thought he was in a drama. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of funny, too. Like, he did... He portrayed terrified so well without really knowing what was going on the whole time. Those scenes where he's, like, frozen in a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really impressive. <clears throat> the only... I had a hard time getting past the wife, though. I don't know if she's just a bad actress or if Stanley Kubrick wanted her to be, like, cheesy. But to me, she came off as, like, very, like unbelievable and like maybe that's like she's supposed to be like kind of like a pushover you know I think so yeah I think there's meant to be like and I think there's meant to be some innocence there and some um what's the term I'm looking for she I think has a lot of uh, hope still for her husband Mm -hmm. even though the fact that he is an alcoholic that is how many five months sober now he is still like it's not like improving him it's actually it seems like it's making him even worse Mm -hmm. which i feel like is almost part of the movie like it's not about just you know quitting your addiction it's about actually making a change in yourself uh making different uh 
which you know can be contrasted well to Doctor Sleep, whereas mm-hmm. it's pretty much the same thing. But he actually does make spiritual changes in himself and like with his work life and what he's doing with his life. Whereas Jack Nicholson still puts himself in the same corner of you know the job that he's doing, which is a writer having quit the other job as a teacher and constantly stressing himself out and Mm -hmm. really not being a good husband or father despite quitting drinking yeah of course it's just a metaphor for stephen king himself i mean that's why he wrote the movie wrote the original book isn't that why he writes all of his books well i mean he's i think he himself had drinking issues and he also had a lot of problems with uh you know what's writer's block that and he stayed at a haunted hotel. So then he did, yeah. So he stayed at a haunted hotel and then wrote this. This is the one I think it then did a lore episode on it. Mm-hmm. It was like, is that the one where the guy built it and like built a bunch of like crazy? Nope, stuff that's AJ no. Tomes. That's okay. a that's a true thing. I thought that one was true. I thought the haunted. I thought that was the place where that. No, no it's a different hotel. hotel. Okay. See, but yeah, if I had billions of dollars like Jeff Bezos, I think I would just go around doing that. Would be building wacky hotels and <laughs> death castles. God, he would just never run out. Oh wait, to do. or was that the? No, that's H.H. You... Holmes. There's okay. So H.H. Holmes built a murder hotel, and then I can't I remember the name of the house, but there was also a house in California that was built that the had Winchester like house? Winchester House. Yeah. So there's a couple different that wacky had buildings. Stairways that go nowhere. Yeah. No, he's thinking of the hotel. H.H. Holmes. It was like the it was like the fourth episode of like all the lore episodes. It was, it was probably H.H. Holmes. The guy was a con man and he built, like, he would kidnap people in this place and... Yeah. yeah that's H.H. Holmes. Yeah. Him? Okay, I thought that was the one where it was inspired by. Mm-mm. Nope. I don't remember the name of the hotel, but um, it was a room he stayed in. It was room 317 and room 327. 237. 237. Mm-hmm. I should have known that. Room 237 is based off of room 317. Why well, couldn't just be rooms 317? They made them know. change it for the movie because they didn't want to lose business in that room. But now it's actually the most requested room in that hotel. Oh, nice. Mm. <laughs> Fun fact. Yeah, I don't know why they thought it would make it less popular. Like, I don't know. it's going to make in it case more popular. In the movie sucked, I don't know. Even if yeah, no matter Hoover no matter like, what was gonna happen, it's not like your business was gonna go down. That was never gonna happen. People are like Stanley Kubrick. It's not that guy that did Clockwork Orange. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll do the room next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I want that room, please. I've heard. I, I don't know what other people. I, Shelley Duvall's performance. I I'm not too annoyed by, mm-hmm. but I do take a lot of uh, history into account. Mm-hmm. With the fact that Stanley Kubrick did treat Shelley Duvall like oh, shit. Oh, yeah. She was treated horribly the whole time. That she nowadays even has... She has problems today. And I can't help but connect the two. Mm-hmm. And so watching her performance, I'm very like held back from being too critical about it. Especially since it doesn't bother me too much. But I have heard that Stephen King wasn't a fan of it. Because compared to the book, it just turned her into a screaming, you know, helpless woman. Whereas she was not like that in the book, I guess. But, I don't know, I, I think I can buy it just as being like someone who's innocent, who's giving way too much credit to her husband mm-hmm. and his change. Um, I, don't, I don't think it's a terrible performance, but yeah, I would never fight for it, though, either. I would never be like, you're wrong, how dare you about Shelley yeah, Duvall? That's like, the thing, is, like, <laughs> I can't figure it out, I guess, in my head. Like, I can't tell if, she's, if she was directed that way on purpose, or if 
she isn't that good and like Stanley Cooper didn't care because he seems like a guy who would care. It's surprising that he had so many issues with her and a lot of people who watch the movie have issues with her. So it almost seems like, well, I'm surprised that he stuck with her for this long then. Yeah. Like, why didn't he just, you know, recast it for being such a perfectionist? Yeah. And that seems to be the one thing that people are thrown off about the movie normally. Mm-hmm. It's weird that he didn't recast it. Well, that's the thing. Is like, did he want it like that on purpose? Or, like, was it just like that? Like a actual flaw, you know? Right. I yeah. know. I, I kind of want to know what he thought of the movie after the fact. Mm-hmm. If um, he wanted that, then kudos to him. Like, if he wanted that and that's what he got, then he's a good director. But if he didn't intend for her to be weird, to come off as weird to people like me, then that's a lot. Yeah, she just kind of seems like out of her decade at times, but I almost mm-hmm. wonder if that's like the point that she is so traditional mm-hmm. with her ideas of family values and home life and how you act in front of your children mm-hmm. and her husband just doesn't work along with that. What do you think of Jack Nicholson in the role? Because that was another issue that Stephen King had with the movie. It was that Jack Nicholson was cast. Mm-hmm. I'll agree that, you know, when he does go crazy Jack Nicholson already looks kind of crazy. Like, it's not surprising. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Stephen King, one of the people he had in mind? I really want to know. He wanted to have Christopher Reeve play it. Huh. And I'm like, that would have given him an awesome chance to, like, do something completely different from Superman. Yeah. And if he could have pulled off the scary stuff towards the end, holy, that would have thrown me for a loop. Like, yeah. I, and he also, you want to know someone else he thought of? Robin Williams. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, that would have been perfect, but that would have been Robin Williams' like first film role almost. Because the first movie he did was Popeye yeah. in 1980 with Shelley Duvall, by the way. Yeah. Um, but he, if he would have done The Shining, his career would have been completely different. Because I actually think yeah. the movie would have succeeded yeah. or would still have the cult following it does mm-hmm. if he was cast. But his career would have been completely different. Mm-hmm. He probably would have been typecast in horror movies, which would have made no sense yeah. <laughs> because he's one of the funniest actors. But I mean, he, he did. He uh, had range, though. What's the Christopher Nolan one he did? Uh, he did uh, Insomnia. Insomnia. He did One Hour Photo. Mm-hmm. So he's done like different roles, but that was only towards the end of his career. I'm saying like if he would have done it early on, man, that would have we've got we would have gotten way probably yeah. different stuff. Yeah, that's weird to think. Well, even Christopher the world Reeves, like, said, like, he's a, he's, he's a hero, you know? Or, like, a, a heartthrob, you know, like, somewhere in time. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Could you imagine if Jack Nicholson and Robin Williams switched, like, career Rolls. paths? Jack Nicholson was... <laughs> Jack Nicholson as the genie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jack Nicholson is, uh, Jack... Oh yeah, <laughs> that actually would work. Jack, <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Patch Adams. <laughs> good morning, Vietnam. Jack Nicholson as in Goodwill right Hunting. <laughs> Robin Williams in Anger Management. Yeah, <laughs> Robin Williams in The Departed. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I want to see this world now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me this world, please. Um, Wait, doesn't the genie actually do a Jack Nicholson impression? He does do a Jack Nicholson impression. <laughs> <laughs> I see a Robin Williams Joker. Oh um, yeah. yeah, I would have. I would have gone for that. Yeah. I feel like that was suggested at one point Probably. when they were casting the Dark Knight. I think that someone suggested oh, that. Christopher Lloyd. 
<laughs> oh my god, just climbing up those stairs. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that's another Honey, movie. Honey, I said I'm not gonna kill you. I just need 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. He's done. Oh my. <laughs> I, I just watched uh, my favorite Martian on Disney Plus too. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what? Did you know he was not only in Angels in the Outfield, but he was in two sequels that were on like TV. Like he really? he did two of the sequels as well. I was like, really? Uh, how many like movies Does, have you done? Is one of the sequels to? one where the devils are also what? in it? I, I have no idea. That sounds amazing though. <laughs> it's Angels in the Infield and Angels in the End Zone. Those are the sequels. The End Zone. Yeah. He switched sports. <laughs> yeah, they all, you know it got boring after the sequels. So we're like, we got to change it up, Air Bud style. Angels Thanks. in the Eighth Hole. I'm disappointed that none of the Air Bud movies are on Disney Plus. Come on, oh, how am I supposed to? Did know? you search? Of course I did. Yeah, how am I supposed to know how Air Bud spikes the volleyball in that one movie? I think it's like the fourth <laughs> in the series. Anyway, um, yes. so The Shining, I like. It's <laughs> overall, it's a solid movie, and I said, yeah, like you said, four out of five. I would give it four out of five. Like it is, it's such. It is a good movie. I would like to watch the British cut, which I guess cuts out a lot of the stuff from the beginning of the movie. Hmm. Uh, I didn't a long intro. I have not watched it. Uh, I didn't watch it for this episode. So, uh, but I, I would have. I like to, and I actually own the British cut also. Hmm. So, um, but that version's shorter because I guess for the American release, he ended up cutting out a lot of the movie for the British cut, which is his own country. But also, the ending to the movie was originally cut out also. There's two minutes from the ending that uh, some people have seen. <laughs> you mentioned that about Dr. Sleep. Because I said after Dr. Sleep, I'm like, now I bet like we watch it. Now they'll go cut out like two, two, scenes, minutes. two minutes of <laughs> each of the reels. Or, you know, I guess it'd be digital reels at this point. But uh, people did see it in theaters at that point. The whole movie The Shining, opening night. But Stanley Kubrick wanted those two minutes cut out, so he called all the distributors, and they had to call the local theaters and be like, you have to cut these final two minutes out per the demands of the director who got final cut on the movie. So some people, opening night, The Shining, saw those final two minutes that no longer exist. So we've never seen the final two minutes? No one's ever seen the final two minutes. And uh, we, we have an outline of what happens. It's very boring. It's just Danny going to the hospital. That's like um. it. And it was kind of dumb. Like, I love the ending the way it is, and I can see why he cut it out. But it's weird that for how many, you know, theaters it was already at for opening night, mm-hmm. they cut them out, and I apparently no one ever saved them and didn't listen to the studio about returning them or burning them. They just kept... No, no one ever kept one. And Stanley Kubrick was notorious for deleting all traces of any outtakes or deleted scenes of his movies. He would never save them. There's hardly any behind-the-scenes footage of his movies, except The Shining has some because someone was recording. Thank God, because we have something of him directing. But yeah, Shining, four out of five. Um, I don't know if anyone has any other thoughts. Please spill them out. No. I liked it a lot. I gave it five out of five. Four and a half out of five. For the OG Shining. Mm-hmm. Best scare of the movie. To me, it, it, it is the dog blowjob, of course. <laughs> oh, that's the best part of the movie. Yeah. Do you no, not remember this? That's not it's the scariest. It's right as Wendy is running up the stairs and she's on like the blue. She's in the blue area. It's when and all she the looks into the doorway up. and the guy's in a dog 
costume. Oh. There's a real quick zoom in and they just look at us and it's like that's when yeah. you know where's this movie even going. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought like an actual dog. No. Okay. okay, I'm like I miss that. No, I remember that. Yeah. Scatman Carruthers. You know, um I hate about that is they so this the whole notorious thing is that the black guy always is the first to die in a horror movie. So you got the shining. Nobody dies in this movie. There's like one death besides the main character, but there's like one death in the movie. And who is it? When Scatman Carruthers comes to save them, he walks in, immediately dies. I'm like, that is... I, I, first of all, I hate that in movies. He traveled all the way from Florida. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I hate that in movies when a character has to show up to help the main character and then they just die. They always do that and it, they make it seem like it's compelling when it's not. It's stupid. It comes out of nowhere. And, of course, it has to be the black guy. The only person that, like, dies violently on screen. I'm like, of course. It also didn't happen in the book. Oh, really? He oh. lived in the book. I wonder... I was like, Danny, good luck! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just... I, it, I, I mean, those are two tropes that I hate in movies and they did them both in a movie that overall is really good and I'm I'm surprised that Stanley Kubrick found the time to fit in those two tropes. But the na- the naked lady pictures was the most surprising thing to me in the movie. <laughs> I was like, me- thinking about no, the naked I mean, lady? Because be honest, that's the most surprising part. I wasn't expecting this old guy to just be like a pervert. <laughs> it kind of makes you wonder like, because at first I'm like, oh, where are they going to go with this? Like, why is he so open about this? Apparently, did, does no one come over or does he just not care? They never touch upon it. I mean, us. they were in his room. So he just kind of likes having naked women. Oh well. Bada bing, bada boom. Anyway, good movie overall. Scatman Carruthers did do the voice of Hong Kong Fui, if you want to know. Oh, so, really? yeah, so there's a tidbit. Take it home with you if you would like. Uh, but we can move on to Doctor Sleep now. 2019, nearly 40 years after The Shining, they decide to make a sequel. Technically, it's based on Stephen King's novel Doctor Sleep, 2013 novel. So he also waited quite a few years to make a actual sequel to The Shining. Mm-hmm. And then when this movie was being produced, they kind of were acting weird about it. They didn't really want to call it a sequel to The Shining. But he was like, but it takes influence from it and references from it. And it's in the same universe, but it's more a sequel to The Shining book. After seeing the movie, I'm like, why are they even trying to trick everyone? Are they hoping not to tick off the Kubrick fans because I, I promise you they will be mad no matter what mm-hmm. but it is a sequel give me a break mm-hmm. Doctor Sleep a sequel 100% do you think though I mean, to me if it came off like it's it's in the universe and it takes place after it felt more like Doctor Sleep a shining story like <laughs> rather than like a direct like I feel like a true sequel would be something having to do with the hotel the bulk of a movie this seemed like it tied it in as a, oh, this would be a cool idea, you know, like. No, I mean, if it you feels were going, like a sequel to me. If you were going by that path, then the book wouldn't really be a sequel at all, because the mm-hmm. hotel literally isn't in the book at all. In Doctor Sleep. Not at all. That's what that's what I'm saying. This feels like it's a shining story, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. I, I feel like just my argument is that it has one of the main characters, one of the three main characters from. Mm-hmm. The Shining predominantly featured and can. Right, yeah, uh, and I guess uh, his mom shows up for a while too, yeah. but um, I would say it's a sequel because it continues his story and it yeah. directly reflects um, upon the events of the original like, film slash novel. I guess 
the the original the hotel is like a prominent character the overlook is a prominent character but it's not the shining like it's not about the hotel it's about the kid in the shining shining. yeah so and danny has the shining so he's so i i can see how it's a Mm -hmm. direct sequel yeah what'd you uh what'd you think of the movie um doctor sleep i really liked it uh at first i gave it a four star and after a while i thought that was ambitious and so i gave it a three and a half but only because it was kind of forgettable don't back down don't back down from four star (laughs) Stick true to your I will guns. say it was one of the most entertaining movies I've seen all year. Yeah. It's definitely my top ten of the year list because it was. I it I was very much into the the whole thing, and yeah, high quality throughout. I was actually it. expecting it to bomb. <laughs> Maybe it's slightly bombing at the box office. It? It's doing at the box office what I expected. I didn't think it'd make much money because. The original Shining didn't make much money. It has a... I would say it's a cult following, almost. I know it's popular, but it's more that people can reference scenes from it. I don't think there's... There's a following and a fan base for it, but I don't think it's nearly as large as some other franchises from 40 years ago. I mean, it was enough for Steven Spielberg to put, like, a whole chunk of Ready Player One set in. Yeah, Yeah, right, but they also take the most famous scenes from the movie that everybody who hasn't even seen The Shining would know about. Also, he did that because, one, he was working for Warner Brothers, who owns the rights to it, and two, he himself is a big Kubrick fan who worked with Kubrick. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it makes sense that he would have done that, regardless of how popular. But as far as, like, a strong fan base for the movie, I think there were some older fans... Who probably wouldn't be excited for a sequel because, like I said, this isn't going to make Kubrick fans happy. It's just not. They're too pure. I I think it. It. it there's just a mindset. I think as far as like th- that movie is considered like an art piece, for like, like pu- pure cinema. You know the Martin Scorsese description of cinema, and then you got Doctor Sleep, where it's like designed more like a modern day, um, almost kind of an action movie in a way yeah. um, a thriller it's almost a blockbuster and kind of it's not the same kind of artistic value that you'd find in The Shining more CGI yeah and, and, it, and it looks like a modern movie it doesn't look like The Shining which I wouldn't even consider that something that looks like from the 80s or 70s it looks like something completely different this movie does feel like a movie I've seen in 2019 like it has that look Mm-hmm. It is a good movie. Mm-hmm. I really liked it, and I probably will be in my top ten of the year. I mean, Ewan McGregor alone, I thought, is... I mean, he's the best part of the movie. And a lot of the scares that happen in it, I think, are effective, even though I, I wouldn't really call it a horror movie. And I um, I liked, I liked where the story was going at first. I really liked the beginning and middle of this movie and that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we got to the third act, and I liked it, but it does feel a touch too, um, like too much. Like too on the nose? <laughs> yeah. Um, it felt like a different movie. It felt like the third act was tacked on by the studio, as mm-hmm. if the studio wanted this movie to be more popular, so throw in more stuff from The Shining. And they do some scene recreations, not only scene flashbacks that don't utilize the original scenes. They throw in different actors, probably for rights issues, but 
Mm-hmm. Also, I'm like, I don't know how much it would cost to get Jack Nicholson's likeness, do you but, know who, but, but pay it. Do you know who played the Jack Torrance in this? I have no idea. It's oh, the I guy just... who played Elliot in E.T. Really? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Is that true? I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't... I thought, like, I'm like, okay, so who's this guy? It's obviously not Jack Torrance. And then I'm like... It was so distracting. Oh, wait. I think he's got the same hairline. I think that's, suppo- I think that's supposed to be Jack Torrance. Hi, not Jack Nicholson. Hi, not Shelley Duvall. Hi, not Scatman yeah. Carruthers. And it's like, yeah, serviceable recreations, but at the same time, it's going to be so distracting. And I don't know if this was something that they wanted to differentiate from the first movie because everyone knows yeah. Stephen King doesn't like it, and they're trying to make it more a sequel <laughs> to the book than to the movie. In fact... I think they're trying to tie in stuff from the Shining book that wasn't in the film so it can kind of wrap everything else. Yeah. Like, it can kind of make up for whatever was missing in the Shining. Well, but that, that recreation, or not recreation, that scene with him talking to his dad was distracting enough to, I don't remember a single thing from that scene. I don't know what they were talking about. I don't remember it. Really? Yeah. Really? I, that's... Like, to the point where I was trying to figure out, like, what are they trying to do with this, that the scene was over, I'm like, I don't know. Oh, because saying. you thought he was distracting. Yeah. Okay, because I thought you meant like the just the scene itself. Because no. I did think the scene. I thought that was the best part of the movie. Really? See, I don't know what it was about. I, just, I was there. I, I, I think. I, I think. Really cannot remember what happened. It. I. It's distracting because it's not Jack Nicholson, and was, I don't. It was basically the same scene from The Shining, except he went the other way and didn't take the drink. Well, and I love that scene because you know he's acting like because they kind of make it a somewhat apparent in The Shining, especially with the character in the bathroom, that the people who are ghosts there, who are taking on jobs at the hotel, are people who formerly watched the hotel, and that Jack, if he dies, becomes one of them as given by that picture at the end of the film. If you want to take that interpretation, this movie has him in the bartender role now, but serving his son, but acting like he's not Jack Torrance. He's acting like he's not that guy. Mm. Even though <laughs> even though Danny's like, I, I know who you are. I like that scene because, you know, Danny even mentions at his um at the AA meeting, he talks about how he knew that his dad always wanted to reach um, you know, farther than five years of sobriety anyway. And he's kind of painting his dad in a different way than what we know of him actually. Yeah. Something that I think children often do, children of abusive parents and such, you know, want to portray them and love them. And it's not something I can identify with, but it's something I get. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of time has passed, so there's a lot to forget. Mm-hmm. And you just want to kind of remember him in a different way. And it's like you want to remember the good times. Mm-hmm. But I love about that scene, though, is that it actually, like, it either is playing up... It's either the hotel trying to mess with him, or it's actually really the spirit of Jack Torrance and he's finally meeting him and he's finally realizing that no despite the fact that he was trying to change mm-hmm. um, with the alcohol part of it he really never did change and this was who your father was and you kind of yeah. need to deal with that mm-hmm. which he clearly hadn't been up to that point I really liked that scene because it was like I thought it was kind of challenging um, for yeah. the character anyway yeah I really liked that scene too mm-hmm. I appreciated so having read the book, I appreciated really all of the changes that he made to the movie, and that was one of them, that Jack Torrance was not 
like violently malicious, but he was more of a malicious presence yeah. in the movie, whereas in the book, he was actually more of like a benevolent presence. Like he, spoiler for the book, but in the end, he helps Danny and Abra kill Rose the Hat, oh. and then he like shares a wave at the end. Like it's it's not good. I, I don't like. <laughs> so that. I really. With all the changes that he made, I think all of them were good. Oh, yeah. Uh, do, do some of your notes. What else you got? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, one of them was Jack's tep- temperament. It, he was nice in the book, mean in the movie. Kind of. Um, and then there are three big deaths that don't happen in the book that do in the movie. Danny survives till the end in the book. Billy doesn't die in the book. And then Abra's dad doesn't die in the book either. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, you know what? Okay, with with and Billy was that friend who was helping shoot yeah. all the mm-hmm. this. I was actually really sad about that. I, it was it, super it, sad. That was I thought effective at least because I thought we got to know him enough. Yeah, definitely not enough, but like enough. You got to know and his I knew character he was his friend. And how he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, them killing Abra's dad was pure bullshit. I hated that. That was stupid. Well, they and in did the, not need to do that. In the yeah, book, Abra's dad that. wasn't even watching over Abra. Abra's parents got out of there because they knew they were going to be in trouble. It was Billy watching over Abra when she got kidnapped, and he just got knocked out. He didn't get killed. Her her reaction to him dying is makes no sense. The mom's reaction makes no sense. After the fact, when it's been like a couple months, it makes no sense. That was stupid. They didn't need to do that. But I guess they needed an explanation for why she would have been in there. Why they would have kidnapped the daughter. I don't know. Write better. Don't just kill the dad who was barely in the movie, mm-hmm. who didn't really want any part of this. But he was like, okay, I guess I'll let you take my daughter, even though this is kind of risky. And then kill him. Yeah. That was so stupid. And, of course, by the way, uh, not to mention that the guy is black. I guess he's not the first person to die in the movie, but he's one of the first. And, once again, it just it ticks yeah. me off. And that, and it was a scene that it, it not only is, you know, heartless because we didn't get to know him, but it makes everyone else seem heartless because, like, the daughter's just like, I know he's dead. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> yeah. you're going to cry there, honey? Huh? Like, this is just maybe, stupid. Maybe she's also because she shines so strong. Maybe she's already seen enough craft. I, it's, Still, though. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I, I think if anybody... I, I feel, feel like, I don't know how much I believe this because of her reaction wasn't as... You know, knowing that book was like that, actually, it just makes me more mad now. Because mm-hmm. at least with this movie, I was like, I can ignore it. Yeah. But knowing it wasn't like that in the book, I'm like, then why'd you change it? Yeah, and that's one of the changes <laughs> that I didn't really dig too much. The um, other guy dying, I got, I think, was fine, though. Like, because it, I, it yeah, That was effective. Even, well, and see, a, even though it annoyed me, but... And my issue with Billy dying, because it was Snakebite Andy, who said, kill yourself, the, it, my issue with that is in the book... She could only put people to sleep. She couldn't compel people to do things like that. Yeah. So that really bugged me because... How did they introduce that in the film? Did they even show that she could do that to anybody else, really? Um, she did it to the guy in the movie theater. Rose brings up the snake bite tattoos that she leaves on their cheeks. Mm-hmm. How many... I think there were like 30 or something like that. Um, and then she tries to do it to Rose, and it doesn't work. Okay. So, so I, I, it was kind of there then at least yeah she gets a little bit more background in the book but honestly not that much more so that's the thing is like her role in the beginning of the movie i thought like oh she's the real big bad like Mm -hmm. this movie's gonna end with her and the the good girl like head to head Mm -hmm. and they kill her off like 
not I'll say early, like it's well into the second yeah. act. But like where I was like, Oh really? She's dead that fast? Like she did something significant mm-hmm. to Billy. But I thought like I thought they built her up way bigger than she Yeah, was. I was really surprised when I saw how actually powerful she was in the movie, because, like, it wasn't like that in the book at all. She could yeah. put people to sleep, and that was it. It was good storytelling to, like, it told, I mean, it told a lot about her, but it told a lot more about the group, though. And mm-hmm. how they pick and choose. Yeah, that that made a lot of sense. I liked, I felt like, you know, a lot, a lot of movies, they don't give enough backstory about the villains, you know, mm-hmm. why they do what they do. This one this had one, a lot did a lot and not like too much and not like too little i felt like it was a mm-hmm. great amount or i felt like i don't need any more information yeah because yeah, they don't they don't go into the history of every person either mm-hmm. and you know they all still have their yeah. charisma especially the main mm-hmm. the main one of the group mm-hmm. but they also show like how they induct someone in and how they may necessarily choose certain individuals and mm-hmm. i know at one point they talk about well not everyone has their shine anymore and i'm like yes i get it technology sucks and it's ruining us all movie but <laughs> It, I but I get I bought it and mm-hmm. um, I, go on with your notes because I mean we're I want to talk about Jacob Tremblay I, I want to get to that yeah. but I it, it might, oh I was getting there okay so in the book <laughs> in the book he plays a huge part his death scene is one page like just a page so it's really short but he plays a huge part because in the book the true knot which is what that cult is called mm-hmm. um they kill him they ingest his steam and it turns out that he had measles oh. and it shows that like when they ingest the steam of someone who has a disease like that the entire true knot gets that disease which plays a big part in the end of the book so they all get measles yeah they have measles and that's why they're so keen on getting abra because they're like she shines so bright she can save us did they did they so kill they off everybody <laughs> Did they kill everybody off differently in the books? Much differently. Okay. So, I don't remember if the entire True Knot was present at the very end, or if it was just most of them. It wasn't just Rose. It was a lot more. I'm pretty sure Crow Daddy was there. I'm pretty sure Snakebite Andy was there. Like, a lot more of them were there. I'm, Crow Daddy. I'm glad that... The, the, I'm glad the finale was built where it was just one villain versus one hero, in a way. Well, two heroes, but... I, I, even then though, because if you would have saved them all to the end, it would have been just like a you know a shooting range of just you know killing them one after the other. But then again, they did that in the middle of the That's movie, and I don't even. know how I feel about that either because it felt too easy. <laughs> but it was like fine enough because I didn't find any of them to be a threat as much as the main one of the group. For the Jacob Tremblay scene, I, I think it worked for two reasons. One, because Jacob Tremblay is an amazing actor. Oh yeah. And he's really showing his uh, how great he was in this movie mm-hmm. too. He deserves better movies still, not just Room. That was like the one awesome movie. He was in Good Boys, and he was great in that too. But no, he was in. Uh, he was in Wonder. The Predator. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, but he, he. I mean, but with the performance he gives here, it's like God. Yeah. He deserves like more Oscar movies. Yeah. But also. I think it worked to completely surprise me because if you know who Jacob Tremblay is, when he shows up in the movie, you're like, hey, this is going to be a main character of the movie, right? Nope. No, he's <laughs> done after two minutes. And I'm like, okay, wow. So it's like they kind of cast him for two reasons. He's good. And also, I think it threw people, it threw me off anyway, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he'll probably be a main character. He'll probably team up with Abra at some point. Nope, be dead. I'm like, okay, wow, that, fr- <laughs> that freaked me out. And it's 
terrifying. People yeah. walked out at one point, not during that scene, but when they like dug him up. But then that's when people walked out of the theater. Yeah, at yeah. our theater. Yeah, yeah. people walked out. Really? Didn't see that? No, I don't know if it was because because they had someone younger with them, so I don't know if they had to go home because it was so Please. late and they didn't realize it was a two and a half hour movie, mm-hmm. which most horror films are an hour and a half. But they, it might have been because it was just too much. But it's like you saw him get brutally murdered. Why was his dead body? being dug up any worse like you could have brought up feelings or something from those you, people you know what, what that's also my like i love that monologue in the movie it's a very stephen kingish monologue but it's when he's digging him up and he goes on this long story about deer hunting and he's talking about like the smell of them after he oh, kills yeah. him he's like this is that same smell and i was like whoo that's freaky. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kind of just went oh, on and on about it. But I kind of felt like I was cheesy. Really? It, oh, it I is. Liked it, 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 was, it was Stephen King. It was totally Stephen King's mm-hmm. writing. I don't know if it's in the book, but I was like, I liked it. Because it was like the way he delivered it, and it just yeah. ended by, this is that same smell. And I was like, oof. That was mm-hmm. like, ugh, I don't that like that. was Because he, he knows what he's about to find, and I'm like, oh, that's just yeah. disturbing. Yeah, but like, I don't know. So, like, so I, I think there's, there's a weird smell in my neighborhood right now. I came up from work, and, <laughs> and like it smells like like gut shot deer. This is that same smell. And it, it reeks, and like I thought, like oh no, is that my house? And like I couldn't smell inside; it's only outside. Is it the zoo? But like I don't know, it could be the zoo. It smelled like a, a rotting animal, animal. That had been rotting for a while, or at least it set in bad today. And like I could smell it before I turned off Grand Avenue on the seventy seven. Yeah, it, I mean, like, it is warm today. It was the whole like within like two blocks of my house. I could smell it pungent in the air. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I sure it's not my... just the paper mill. <laughs> no, it's it's like it a, wouldn't be over that butt. far. It smells like a gut shot deer, <laughs> and that's why I kind of was thought of in the movie because he just says like shooting a deer. But like, I mean, if you go days, anything's gonna rot and smell. Mm-hmm. But like, usually it's only like a gut shot deer that you can smell right away. Yeah, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I guess, and also like, it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense that he would have accepted Danny's, like, whole... You know, going and digging up the dead body and then immediately being like, okay, let's go kill these guys, rather than thinking, hey, Danny, maybe you did all this? Because, like, why would you take me to the exact location? That's what I thought. But at the same time, there's part of me that's like, oh, it's realistic to do that, but also part of me is like, yeah, but that would have wasted time, having him, like, not trust Danny for, like, half an hour and then be like, oh, I believe you now. Because movies do that all the time, so I guess I appreciate it in a way too, where they're like, "Let's just let's just skip that because it's boring and it's been done." Mm-hmm. More th- notes. I, I love the notes. Okay, um, measles. We covered that. Um, okay, and then another big thing. So this character is kind of just offhandedly mentioned in the movie. Um, Abra's grandma. So in the book, she is probably also just as crucial as the baseball boy is, mm-hmm. um, because she also has measles. No, she- <laughs> she's the lady in the portrait above. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Catman Carruthers' wife. <laughs> it all makes sense. The little girl finds out. <laughs> <laughs> but she. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's staying at the hospice that Danny works at. And she has cancer. Mm. So the way that Danny ends up killing the true knot is when she dies, he takes her steam because it contains the cancer and then he gives them cancer and then they're able to kill them. 
Yeah. So she plays a huge role in the book. Is barely mentioned in the movie. I kind of wonder if I would have liked the steam disease stuff more or not. I thought it was interesting in the book. It's interesting. I think it would have been really silly to see in a movie. It'd be because cool if they mentioned these, like, it. It'd be hard quasi immortal well. vampires that are being taken down by measles. You know, it feel it feel like very War of the Worlds ish, where you know they die because they can't be in our atmosphere technically which I, I don't know it's more iconic in that movie with this movie i i don't know it just kind of feels like a haha screw you like yeah like disease that anybody i can think get. it yeah i think it makes them seem less menacing in the book honestly that they're taken down by measles um i think it's really cool in the movie that they like actually seem kind of hard to beat like some of the good guys actually die whereas in the book None of the good guys die. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I, I kind of wonder like I'm I'm surprised he didn't kill off Danny like in mm-hmm. the in the book. I wonder. If well, he... it's because there's a big reveal at the end of the book. Was he dead all along? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Danny God. is Rose or not roses. Danny is um, Abra's half uncle because. Jack had an affair with one of his writing students. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Danny is uh, Abra's half uncle. Half uncle? Okay. Yeah. Because she calls. You see? You see? With um. It would have been Abra's grandma. Jack mm-hmm. had an affair with Abra's grandma. Yep. Okay. The one with cancer. The one that Scatman Crothers is married to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one. <laughs> So Jack had an affair with Scatman Crowther's wife. Mm-hmm. Step uncle or half uncle. Half uncle. Half Correct. Uncle. Okay. In the yeah. Book. In the book. And, and they that, don't know this. And that would be. They don't know it till the very end. Half uncle. I, well, I guess because they would have had a child and then yeah, because yeah, okay, that he would have been brother to her mom. Hey, hey, you guys want to hear something? That's super stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's incredibly like, dumb. I I don't know. I feel like. People who like the movie The Shining, if they, that would have been in Doctor Sleep, I think they would have hated it. Yeah. If they would put it in. But if it was because of the book, I kind of. I like mm. that connection to I hated it. More. I hated it in the book. It really. makes it. Okay. It's like, that's and like then, the Star Wars thing. Yeah, like, Medicorian Skywalker family. Yeah. Everybody then, knows like, each other. And then well, when Abra was like, oh, yeah. he, he's my Uncle Dan, I was like, oh, God, no. And then <laughs> yeah. he didn't do it. I was really happy that he didn't make that connection in the movie. Well, I liked how the dad was like, you know, treated him like a pedophile. First. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was great. It. That was interesting. That was good. But I, the only thing I would have liked if they would have proven that they're related is like how they were able to communicate so well i think that i would just cool, take it as her shine is so powerful because yeah. okay, yeah. like i think that was it i don't think it was discussed as well in the book mm-hmm. which was kind of surprising but in the movie her shine was portrayed as so powerful like because in the book danny sometimes or somehow figures out her email and they email each other but instead in the movie abra finds him because of this traumatic event where the boy was murdered she Mm -hmm. finds him just through her telepathy Mm -hmm. and tells him what's going on and they communicate through that which i think makes her seem a lot more powerful than it did in yeah than it did in the book well because they were talking for like years Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. to start out with like just a good morning and then yeah yep 
Yeah, and then there's also that scene earlier on in the movie where it shows, like, she has the spoons on the ceiling. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. I don't think that one was in the book either. You know what else? So Andy Dufresne is actually the father of Jack Torrance, and that's why he was so messed up, because he always thought his father killed his mom. And also, It the Clown is related to every one of the boys in Stand By Me, and that's why they had some kind of hidden connection. And also, did did you also know that in The Green Mile, that uh, the guy that Tom Hanks kills in that movie is actually related to Morgan Freeman, and they both are fathers to uh, Scatman Brothers? Did you know that? Did you know <laughs> They're gay fathers together? <laughs> There's so many levels to the Stephen King universe. That would, and they're all buried in Pet Cemetery. Like, this is... Like, <laughs> all of them. God, see, I'm glad they made these changes, because that would have just been like... Yeah, yeah. Like you said, Skywalker family. Yeah. We're all related. I'm like, cool. Like, I'm glad that we have this giant world, but everything happened in, like, one neighborhood in Maine. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> got more notes these are fun this is uh i mean really it's just like um that the overlook burns down in this one because danny explodes the boilers on purpose which i think is a cool parallel and a cool homage to how the shining ended like Mm -hmm. how the book ended because Mm -hmm. the overlook burns down because jack didn't vent the boilers so the boilers explode and burn down the hotel So, so yeah so do they not go to the overlook at all Okay, so they go to the property that the Overlook was on, but it they turned it into a campground. So the final <laughs> battle takes place at a campground. All the ghosts, where the all the ghosts are camping. <laughs> camping. <laughs> campground scene in the movie. I thought that's what they were doing, and I was like, Ugh. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, that's why they probably would have. This seemed like a weird setting. Yeah, and uh, see, that's what I was thinking because that's yeah. how it happens in the book. So, like, did you notice that when they were driving? to that campground I elbowed you because I hmm. thought that was going to be the final battle oh, I thought the movie was over oh. I thought oh, so, so and then I was like wait this is wrong like Rose isn't there they're not at the oh, Overlook cool, cool, like, cool. you don't know anything about nostalgia of course they're going to go back to the <laughs> yeah. Overlook give them a break the, I thought that campground they went back to the hotel, I didn't watch any wasn't trailers that, wasn't that campground the campground that that girl got killed at in the beginning of the movie yeah I think so Yeah. you know I kind of did I didn't really know if they were going to go back to the Overlook because in the trailer they only had the scene of him driving around on the tricycle and no they had him go putting his face through the door sir 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 I thought that was all going to be just like flashback stuff and like him in the scene I didn't really think that it was going to become a major set piece is my point like I thought like for it being the entire third act basically it surprised me now what did we all think of that third act with them going to the Overlook. I loved it. I liked it a lot. I'm a sucker for... Uh, I want to hear Hunter because I know he disagrees. It wasn't like... <laughs> I, I don't know. There's parts of it that felt weird and unnatural. But at the same time, like... For what it was worth, like, it, they did it, a good job of doing it. I just It just felt like a poor narrative choice. Like, a final fight at a campground seems more lame. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I was expecting something different. Like... So I, I did watch the trailer once, and I, I wasn't as big of a fan as, as as you were. But like, from the trailer, it made it seem like the whole movie was going to take place in a town outside or like down the mountain from the. Because in the trailer, it has Billy saying like, "Not that many people make it this far up on the bus," and you can see he, like Dang is all washed up, and like it made it seem like this was taking place in a town close by to the Overlook, and that's why like everyone seems so wild. But then I was like, wow, this movie so far has had nothing to do with the hotel mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. up until... So then when it did come around, it felt like 
this seems shoehorned in for fans and it, like and what fans because you know most Shining fans and Kubrick fans are not going to like yeah, they're it they're going to go into it thinking this is going to be horrible you know if yeah. I was to kind of go outside the realm of yes they're just pandering yes they're being a little fanficy at mm-hmm. times I thought it worked to go back and that it was a awesome recreation. It was not mm-hmm. cheaply done. It was not like clearly people who didn't care were working on this. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like Terminator Genesis when they recreated scenes and people are clearly wearing the wrong costumes and such. Like, no, this is the Overlook from mm-hmm. the 1980 film. It's crazy how good it is. It's almost like they never destroyed the original sets. It's mm-hmm. om- I kind of questioned if the place they filmed that was like an actual hotel that just looked that way mm. that's how good it was mm. and I like that you know the whole metaphor of him destroying it because it's you know it's like he's finally finishing that one part of his past that's always haunted him mm-hmm. and the way he is with his mother at the very end I thought was very good I like that he kind of has a final conversation with his father and realizes that you know uh, the way I've been painting you in my head all these years probably wasn't the best way to <laughs> it wasn't a true interpretation of yourself so he's with the person he should be with at the end and I, I like that they do some of the shot recreations um, just because they're well done and it was kind of interesting to have who should have been Jack Torrance in this movie doesn't become him mm-hmm. even though he's given the same circumstances and they've switched positions now with this other woman with strange origins who just doesn't care about humanity who's just as crazy as Jack. Yeah. I like that there's kind of at least more of an explanation for The Shining and why ghosts would randomly show up and what their whole purpose was, even though people are going to hate that Mm -hmm. because they probably don't want an explanation. It also makes me wonder why they didn't try to kill Danny as fast in The Shining, but I guess these ghosts are different, and also they're not nearly as hungry. In The Shining, they weren't as hungry, so they weren't as quick to get Danny, I guess. Well, and they were probably... Yeah, they were trying to get Jack. They were probably feeding off of his energy a little bit. Did Jack have the shine? I don't really... I think everybody has a little bit. The mom didn't see any of, like, the real ghosts until, like, the 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 very end. Mm -hmm. But up until then, like, Jack... I mean, obviously, Danny was affected hardcore, but Mm -hmm. Jack was... Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think they're just Jack feeding off of his... His, like, negative energy, yeah. well, his evilness. If I used Dr. Sleep, I thought they were just now using Jack to kind of get towards Danny so they could, like, yeah. pin him down, basically. That scene with the old caretaker as the butler, where he's saying, like, Danny's been a bad boy, you should mm-hmm. take control of the situation, and then he's like, yeah, I think I will. That seemed like, yeah, the whole, like, they're using him to get to Danny. Mm-hmm. But people aren't going to like that, because I'm sure people have had in their heads interpretations of the original movie for years that like oh it's all in Jack's head because he's crazy or it's all just like manifestations of his other issues that he has besides the alcoholism but yeah the the point is the sequel exists and you can always watch the movie outside Mm -hmm. of the sequel Mm -hmm. I think the only part that felt really fanficy was when all the characters from The Shining started showing up and they were like kind of joining together to like mm-hmm. team up on Danny because mm-hmm. I was like it's weird that there's not other ghosts being sh- like shown it's all the same people from the original movie you'd think they'd either mix it up a bit or maybe try new things but for the most yeah. part they use the same ghosts 
I guess that logically makes sense because maybe there just are only those ghosts there. But also, you are making a movie that, you know, for as many new things as you introduced in this movie, I'm surprised that the ending really wasn't trying to do that. Mm-hmm. But good nonetheless, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I guess, so, like, with the third act, my biggest beef is that, like, up until then... The first two acts, it feels like it's, it's tied to, to The Shining, but also they did such a good job of, like... Like, if I hadn't seen The Shining, it stood up on its own. It could mm-hmm. be its own movie unrelated to The Shining, you know, having not seen it, until the end, and then it seemed like... For that ending scene to be really important and not feel weird, like you had to know The Shining. Had to have seen it or read it. Like, it just seemed like it, it was such a change that, like... it just felt like all of a sudden like yeah I don't know like like the movie was self-reliant up until the third act and then it became reliant on something else so but yeah and then so we haven't talked about Jacob Tremblay's death scene yet I mean we talked about it being scary scary yeah and I I think I especially liked it cause like I kind of touched on his death scene in the book was super insignificant like it was less than a page Mm -hmm. he didn't get much description at all it was like they got him killed him took his team done and then like the baseball glove obviously but like i think making it that gruesome and that disturbing off of like Mm -hmm. no source material i loved it can you think of a more i don't want to say graphic child death on screen because there probably is but like they didn't show, like, the knife, like, entering his skin, but it was, like, a torture scene from start to mm-hmm. finish without really cutting away, other than, like, they just didn't show the knife entering him, but they showed, like, a kind of long death scene of a kid. Oh, yeah. That was, like... That's the most gruesome that I can think of. That was, like, as horrifying as Midsummer yeah. was. Yeah. Because I'm like, okay, they're gonna do every, you know every Stephen King movie will do and that is going to cut away and it's going to be off camera and we're not going to... The next scene we're going to see is him getting exhumed. Mm-hmm. And no, it was like this crazy long torture scene mm-hmm. until he died. Like, that was... That blew me away that they committed to that. Because mm-hmm. I, ne- I, I can't think of anything... that I've, I've seen that in a movie before. With younger kids especially. Yeah. Just because yeah. there seems mm-hmm. to be this, like, unwritten rule to, like, don't go after kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I'm sorry, but, like, going after the kids is often what makes it the most terrifying. And it doesn't make me feel, like, sick and, like, oh, how dare this movie do that. Like, I always... because you haven't seen it before. I always say Prisoners is, like, the scariest movie. Not that they torture kids, but it's because kids are kidnapped. I think that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. But other movies I can think of, like, even the more recent Ready or Not, where she, like, you know, punched a kid in the face. I remember there were gasps (laughs) in the theaters, and I, like, laugh at that. Oh, my gosh. But they blow up at the end, but guess what? Like, it's shown off screen. Mm -hmm. They don't do it. I'm sorry. But then, like, they also do, um, in another movie, the bad times at the old El Royale, um, the youngest character in that movie come gets indoctrinated into this Charles Manson cult mm-hmm. and they like kill her on screen I don't remember how brutal it was but I was glad they did it because so many movies would like no try to give her a chance or she yeah they kill because you know I, I think remember at, anything I think at first either. they give her a chance yeah. but then like she's trying to kill 
um, one of the main characters again, and then they just kill her. And it made me so happy because I was like, I'm glad the movie had the balls to just do it because yeah. the per- the character deserves it. I don't care if she's 13; she it's deserves the, it. Yeah, it's the priest and then the singer, right? That live. Right, and I think I I believe it's the singer who does it, but. Hey, it's kind of interesting. We could be like Clue about it. You know, there's the singer and the crazy one and the priest and the. I mean, you kind of don't. <laughs> unless you watch it, you wouldn't really. So it it's kind of hard to spoil. Yeah, that's a great movie, by the way. I remember Dakota Johnson dying, but I forgot. Um, but there's like the bellhop. This probably is the most brutal with mm-hmm. as far as kids' deaths go. I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of got brutal, but a lot of it ended up being shown off screen and. A lot of that was like a CGI fest sometimes, mm-hmm. so it's like, I don't even know if that counts. This movie is just like, it is blood, it mm-hmm. is long, he is dying slowly. For such a young kid, yeah. It's well, even up. the first scene when that first little girl goes missing, that's like, it's that's not really bloody, dark. it's not gory, but it is terrifying. Right. Like, they, I was so... pans back to the woods and they're closer. Like, yeah. Like, there's more of I was so on edge. Stuff. Like... The kid, the child acting in this movie, I think, is great, and the way they're portraying the group, I think, is amazing. Because that that's totally a- what they would be Abra doing. Abra was insanely good. Abra was yes. nuts. She was super yeah. good. Actress, I cannot wait to see what she does next. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, she is the most believable, like, young female actress I've ever seen at her age. Mm-hmm. Insane. Yeah. But I um. Yeah, oh, by the way, that so The Shining is not the only movie that they recreate shots from, because if you watch that opening scene with the little girl by the lake, uh, go watch Frankenstein 1931. Oh, with the flower? With the flowers and Frankenstein yeah. throwing her in on act. Well, I guess because he thinks she'll float. Um, like a duck? Right, yeah. <laughs> like a witch? Like a, like, exactly. We'll build a bridge out of her. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's <laughs> It, it's a complete shot recreation of that because I saw that I was like oh that's nice it's a little Frankenstein tribute there even for a movie that's going to be full of shiny because, tributes because she's the monster <laughs> she's the but but it wasn't an accident Frank Frankenstein's monster didn't mean to do it no but I think they were trying to <laughs> they were trying to convey that she was the monster of the story I, I at first she thought was she was going to be the nice one who's maybe trying to carry people over to their stronger sides but then I realized nope nope she's just evil Rose the hat I kind of forgot yeah because I kind of forgot what happened to that girl until they killed Jacob Tremblay and I'm like that's what happened to the girl <laughs> why, why is Rose's hat so important um, Don't touch my she hat. She really likes her hat. Why can't no one touch it? <laughs> like, it's her hat. Her name is Rose the Hat. It's her hat. Safety, or safety blanket. Or <laughs> Zach, working at a grocery store, if someone was there, blanket. broke a window, and flew back like 30 <laughs> feet, would you be more annoyed, or would you be like the character in this movie that's like, are you okay? God, if I were I mean, she could... didn't break the window. Abra How do you know? Window. I mean, it just looks like she broke yeah. it. I'd yeah. be like, lady. It broke outwards, I'd be though. like, first lady, pay for that, and then leave. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm not gonna ask you how you're doing and grab your hat. Come on, you Maybe ruined my store. Like that, you think like she literally looks out. like crazy and looks like she went in there specifically yeah. to just cause chaos. Like, I'd be like, "What are you doing? Get out of here, <laughs> you high mother effort!" Like, what are you doing? I still give this movie four out of five stars, just like The Shining. I realize they're completely different movies. I really do like Doctor Sleep on its own, though. I do a too. lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave it four stars as well. Four and a half. I loved it. I loved it. Three and a half. Oof. Yeah, yeah. We we heard you earlier, <laughs> uh, but so I'm crude. excited. I'm excited to see this movie again, like a lot. Yeah. Especially the first two acts, 
we'll see how the third one holds up. But like I said, it's I like the very end of it. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the third act because it's it's less cheesy than the book. Like it's still the one in the book works because it's a book. But I don't think it would have worked when in the hear, movie. I'm glad they changed it. When I like hear it. campground, I just I can't get out of my head like a 1950s cowboys versus Indians movie, and it doesn't help that that yeah. overlook was built on an Indian burial ground. So I'm just like it just, just like in the my pet cemetery. Whoa, it's the same. It's the same plot of land. Wow, you mean to say that Stephen King brings back similar motifs in every movie and book that he's ever written? He's gonna hear this and hate us. I, I hope he listens to every he's podcast. Pastor Stephen King. <laughs> Pastor Stephen King. Of the Duluth Baptist Church. This was the best Stephen King adaptation of the year, easily, I think. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. Even though I, I have a lot of love for It Chapter 2, this is the better Ooh, movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think too. I think this one will hold up better, was shot better. They're probably both in my top ten for this year. It Chapter 2 is solid, and I'll, I'll defend that for the rest mm-hmm. of my life, because that's I what it's going to become. This one stood a lot better on its own, though, like yeah, we were saying. Yeah, this one's like, definitely... Yeah, you don't need, like... I mean, you, it'll help to see The Shining, but you don't mm-hmm. really need to see it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I would recommend this to younger people who like, wanted to see a fun thriller or yeah. uh, horror movie. You could get the gist of all those ghosts, even if you didn't see him trap them all in his mind. Like, you can get the gist that those are Yeah, because you get the background of the, the boxes hotel. at the beginning of the movie. So, like, everything I think you need is in the movie. The yeah. only scene you may not enjoy is that scene where he's talking to the bartender yep. because it probably helps to see The Shining. No, it, because even then he, he talks about his dad at the AA. Yeah, thing. but do they connect? Do they... You don't understand the Lloyd. Do you actually understand that this is father? Do you understand why he's in that role? And also, it doesn't help if, like, you have a friend, like, well, who's that? He's like, oh, well, that's Jack Nicholson in the first movie. It's like, that's not Jack Nicholson. It's like, it's a good point. I don't know how to explain this to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's supposed to be his dad. I think you can get the gist that that's his dad. It would have helped a lot. They just This would have been a good case for de-aging, I think. Easily. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much it would cost to pay for Jack Nicholson's likeness or Shelley Duvall's. That's but why I was so distracting. I was trying to figure out, I'm like, do they really do this bad of a job de-aging him that it doesn't look like the same person? <laughs> that's just and then I realized, just... oh, that's not even him. They're not even trying well, to be him. You can just edit it and do some deep you fakes. Do deep fa- you can do, do some deep fakes. fakes. Yeah, just do a deep fake. Someone actually should do that Like when this movie's released. They should just take that one scene and... You don't even need to do the other ones. Just put in the old scenes and then no. deep fake that one scene with the bar. I like the actor for like the Scatman, Carly's guy. No, I'm I, not I, gonna I, lie. I, I, I didn't know that Scatman and Jack Nicholson were the different actors because I didn't wear my glasses. So I just thought <laughs> they're all blurry. Yeah, <laughs> you thought they were I thought the they were the same de-aged. people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, Scatman, the guy they got to replace him, kind of looks older. So you'd almost think if Scatman, he's dead because he is right? dead. He is dead. <laughs> but if he would have wow. never died, he maybe would have looked like that today. You know, Hollywood mm-hmm. actors age pretty well, and you know, he looked like an older dude. So I don't know. I guess someone might watch it and be like, "That's Scatman." It's well, not. I did that. Was that girl's thing by Andy learning? Mm-hmm. The I little blonde wish, one. I would have had a whole movie just about her and like going on like this anti-hero. Well, see, that part and was like cool, yeah. she was, was so, so interesting like, in the movie, driver. but in the book she just wasn't. In the book she wasn't because she the, wasn't quite so powerful. The way that they made her in the movie was yeah. like mm-hmm. they're building. Dang, yeah. She is so badass and like mm-hmm. it was a almost whole movie of her just taking on Jeffrey Epstein's. You know? Right, it was like, almost yeah. unintentional. It's like the. She killed Jeff Epstein. Yikes. It was almost unintentional because it's 
shown in the movie like, oh, she's a badass. She's been using her power just to, I mean, get money, but to screw up all these guys' lives people. also. Yeah, for mm-hmm. the bad stuff they've done. Oh, and then, crazy. you know, she ends up joining their crew, and then she's kind of, not in the same way, but kind of doing the well, bad well, things herself. She now. was the one luring kids to their, yeah. like... Their own deaths, even though yeah. that's who she used to be protecting. Yeah. Apparently. So I think that's, like, an interesting idea. But, like you but, said, they made her but, so cool in the beginning that you're like, I would rather just but that, see that. Yeah, whatever movie that also is, goes to show how bad that hunger for, like, that steam is or whatever. Right, how much it's bad to be, mm-hmm. like, with that cult. <laughs> mm-hmm. How quickly it can convert you and completely change your ideology. Mm-hmm. Why you shouldn't be a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, I totally thought she was going to end up killing... Like, she would kill all the other cult members so she could get all the steam herself. How old is that And then it would be her versus Abra. Because it almost seems like she bite? was maybe a slight, slightly too old because she's supposed mm-hmm. to be 15, and that was, like, the point, like... Yeah. Everyone's going lusting for the she younger like girl. She was probably like twenty. She looked like she was in her twenties, and I was, was like, wearing seemed way too sophisticated for her age. Because he mentions the age, and I was like, yeah, that's younger for you. But and then they're like, she's like fifteen, and I was like, well, that's bad. And I, I know some, I know some fifteen-year-olds look older, and I guess maybe that was the point. But also, I think, I think it maybe would have been more effective. Hey, maybe they should have de-aged her because time eight years goes by once you get to. The other scenes with yeah. her, so maybe they should have just de-aged her there. They did it for it. Why not? It looks funky. I guess that's why they didn't do it. <laughs> it would have looked funky. But um, I loved when they. Uh, Holy when they crap! Died. She was okay. So it doesn't have her birth year. Are it says two thousand one or two thousand two. Oh, I was I was gonna say so like she's younger than I. So am. she is younger. Okay. Well, I mean, well, still though not fifteen, but I guess yeah. she is pretty close. So. She just, I guess, just in general looks older. Which I guess is the point, too. Mm-hmm. I love when the cult people died and, like, they went... <laughs> That's it? No. Uh, well, like, when they did that, like, phase shift where, like, it, they'd turn into, like, the mummy for a second. Yeah. And, like, like, their face could be all sunk oh, in dude. and then they'd be normal. Last like, Crusade style? Yeah. Right? But, like, like, but in, like, for, fast forward and reverse. Right. Back and forth. And that was a really cool description in the book, and I think they captured it pretty well in the movie. So you I know, like that a lot. Like CGI versus practical effects. I mean, I'll take the practical effects in Last Crusade any day, but, you know, if they were to recreate that scene and did it like this movie, I'm like, I'd accept it. Mm-hmm. It worked really well. Yeah. yeah. It was creepy. Mm hmm. Well, should we move on to last movie on Earth? Oh, we better do last movie on Earth. You know it. Yeah. I've been clamoring. <laughs> Because you will never guess my movie, and I'm sorry. You guys only have a couple. Well, that means we'll definitely guess. <laughs> oh yeah, shoot, we're gonna end. We're gonna end soon. I'm gonna lose. It's almost over. But anyway, Hunter, you want to introduce this game while we yeah. hastily look up our uh, titles that we have to talk about? Right about now, you'll be hearing some uh, some cinematic music entering your ears. If I remember that. I hope he doesn't put music in this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, no music. Um. This is uh, the part of the show where we play a game called Last Movie on Earth. It's a trivia game uh, where we try to guess the last movie that we each saw. We'll um, describe the movie and we'll guess it. Whoever guesses it right gets points. If no one guesses it, then you get points. And uh, all these points get added to a score that we keep episode to episode. And at the end of the year, someone will win. So. We'll see. And that score is Zach's at 49, Chloe's at 50, Woo-hoo! Justin's at 63, and Hunter, you are at 75. How? How did that happen? Because he is a he mastermind. He cheats. He's a mastermind, I tell you. 
No, I think I'm usually pretty good at last actor on Earth, and that's how I got points. It's that damn missing Venom episode. You got so many in one episode. <laughs> <laughs> got a solid thirty points. In that episode. I was behind. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, is everyone ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, who wants to start? I can go first. Here we go. Oh, wait, I haven't even read this yet. Well. Um, Never mind, someone's covers. I didn't even look at the description. I'll just, I'll just go. Um, so, this is a family comedy about a man who decides to take his family on a trip his famous uncle took years ago. Um, you're, you're not you're not going to get this. I, I would his be His famous uncle. Uh, it stars in the starring role, Daniel Stern, with Paul Giamatti making an appearance as well as a as the co-star and a young Ryan Reynolds appears too this film is from 1998 it was made for television technically and it's a Disney film really right. I was going to say vacation but it's not nice. and it's directed by Richard Benjamin that's not going to help and if you want to know there are exactly zero reviews of it on Letterboxd currently Letterbox has the incorrect description of a group of French tourists' dream trip to Los Angeles turns into a nightmare when their Parisian tour guide goes bankrupt and abandons them. That is not the plot of this movie. That is completely wrong. And IMDb only has three reviews. This movie is essentially untouched. Is it, like... Is it live action? It is a live action film. I'll help you. It shares the title with a 1979 horror film about mannequins. I should wow. know that. that might help, but and it's essentially the only reason I watched the movie. 1979 film. And the and the plot of the 1979 film with the exact same title is after their car breaks down, a group of young travelers find themselves stranded on a roadside museum run by the mysterious Mr. Slajan and populated by his collection of supernatural mannequins. House of Wax. It's not House of Wax. I'm sorry. I know the movie you're talking about. Have you heard about it before? Yep. With the laughing hyena mannequin? Yep. Okay. But I can't That's remember the, the name. Scene. Meet the Beatles. <laughs> it's it's got the name that doesn't really tie to the any like plot points in the movie. D- Dustin checks in. Checks in. Dun- Dun- <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Sadly, also, I mean, for the Disney film that I actually watched, um, it's, it's not going to help. But I mean, this is not on Disney Plus either. Like, that's how rare this is. Oh, really? I, I found it on YouTube. It was only uploaded seven months ago, so it's like this is fresh technically. For how old it is. Oh, is this a Patreon thing? It is a Patreon thing, technically. This, I watched, I found, I was requested this first one from 1979. And then I found out there's one other movie with the same title. I thought it was a remake, but I found out it's a Disney film that, like, no one has watched. So I went to YouTube, I found it, I decided to watch it. That's awesome. And, um... I can't. I feel like I tried to give it as much as I could. Yeah, you gave Napoleon Dynamite and Uncle Rico. The film, the 1979 (laughs) film, is called Tourist Trap. That Uh, is tourist. Tourist I knew that. That was what I was requested. So young Ryan. And then I found out there's another movie called Tourist Trap from 1998 with Daniel Stern, Paul Giamatti, and Ryan Reynolds from Disney for direct to TV. It was on YouTube. And was it like a Disney Channel movie? It was actually for the wonderful world of Disney on ABC. 
and I was I was like, oh, this is gonna be so bad. All of Disney's comedies are just awful. It's for direct to TV, and there was one copy of it on YouTube that was uploaded recently. So okay. this is like pretty fresh still. So they requested the horror movie. They requested the horror movie, Please but just for, make the video. No, I'm talking about it. I'm I'm bringing. I'm no. gonna talk about the horror movie, but I'm talking about the end about the Disney film. But oh, you should switch it. You should do the beginning. <laughs> just the Disney them. movie. <laughs> and, but no, because here's the kicker: the movie is actually kind of good like it's it is a ripoff of vacation essentially but like think of daniel stern now like him in home alone he is the master of screaming yeah. he makes this oh, whole movie wait. funny he is one of the burglars he's no wait alone. is he he's not wait what what's the movie about again it's about uh, daniel stern takes his family out for a vacation okay. there's um, another one where daniel stern takes like a bunch of boy scouts out Bushwhacked. That's what you're talking I, yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, this movie, Tourist Trap, like, I was surprised. I was like, this is a movie, I need to find another reason to talk about it, because this is, like, like, for, as far as Disney comedies go, like, what the hell? This movie was actually funny. There's, like, a line, <laughs> it's so stupid, there's a line in this movie where there, this guy meets them, and he's like, you fish? And Daniel Stern replies, he's like, are, are we fish? <laughs> <laughs> And then he's like, no, do you fish? He's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> there's this one scene where this guy is trying to describe something, and he's describing Wisconsin Dells, and Daniel Stern keeps, like, replying. He's like, you talk about the Wisconsin Dells. He's like, no, it's not that. It's got, like, a rock formation. It looks like this. And Daniel Stern starts yelling at him. He's like, the Dells! The Wisconsin Dells! You're and just imagine his Home Alone screaming. Like, yeah. this, and it's... It like it should be funny, but it's like the funniest thing ever. And I was like, I can't believe this aired on TV Whatever that no one knows about it. Whatever happened to him? Daniel Stern? Yeah. He starred in Tourist Trap and disappeared. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him, but like, I'm sorry. Like, if if you, anybody out there's bored and they've run out of movies, go find us I on YouTube. It's actually I was surprised. I was like, it's it like i said that if that fish line made you laugh yeah this movie is full of that where it's just got little lines like so that so was that like ryan reynolds first movie then it's like one of his first was he marv from yeah Malone? yeah okay, yes yes okay okay like the, the famous scream of him with the spider <laughs> like that's like the greatest scream of all time yeah <laughs> we can move on to other movies right. now but this it just it was so fascinating to me that i'm like i i feel like only three people on the planet have seen this movie that was the VHS I was trying to buy, and they said oh. that they didn't have a copy of it anymore, yeah. so I couldn't get it. Because awesome. I want this movie. I want. I don't want the YouTube. I want because it's only on VHS. Was it decent quality? <laughs> no, it was awful. It was oh. so bad quality, but it was worth it. Like you watch it on a little switch, it's fine. If you watch it on this TV, it's it's crap. But yeah, watch it on my switch. <laughs> I went on and on. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> next next movie. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> A girl calls on her brother's imaginary friend to banish a mischievous boogeyman who has framed her for his pranks. Drop Dead Fred. Nope. Ugh. Oh. Say that again. Oh my yeah, gosh, I know! A girl, <laughs> a girl calls on her brother's imaginary friend to banish a mischievous boogeyman who has framed her for his pranks. It's a Disney Channel mm, original Mr. movie. Mr. Boogity? No. Oh, shoot. Literally Disney Channel it. original movie stars Aaron Chambers... Uh, it was a 1999 Disney Channel original. 
I'm, I love that we have Disney I Plus now because we're gonna get so many. Of I these. loved. <laughs> I I loved this movie every Halloween. Like with the Halloween towns, this would be on, oh, and man. I'd watch the heck. And out it's of not this. Mr. Boogity. I, uh-huh. I I always hear people talk about that one. It's on my queue right now to watch. So my guess from last time, the littlest vampire. <laughs> no. it's called don't look under the bed i'm so mad because <laughs> when he was telling me about it he's like oh yeah it's kind of like a disney version of drop dead fred <laughs> which is why i guess drop dead fred drop dead oh, wait no the disney version <laughs> <laughs> what'd you think of it no i i love it i mean it it's super cheesy disney channel movie but i mean it's just because of the nostalgia of it i like it a lot and it freaked me out as a kid like the actual boogeyman and how it like works in this movie, right? Kind of freaks you out if you ever had an imaginary friend. I didn't, but I don't think I ever did. If I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, do you, Gavin? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, if you, I think it's if you neglect your imaginary friend, they become a boogeyman. Mm-hmm. And so they. It's interesting. Yeah. What, what are you laughing about? What is going on over there? I'm being mischievous. I don't like it. <laughs> Chloe, are you um, ready? My letterbox crashed. Give me a second. Hunter. My turn? Are you ready? Yeah. Gavin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> friendly but A friendly but forgetful bluefish begins a search for her long lost parent. Finding Dory. Yep. Oh, yeah. What the wow. heck? I'm breaking the trend. I don't have a Disney movie. So yeah, that's true. We all have Disney movies. <laughs> so I mean, I, not mine was on wasn't on Disney Plus, but both of yours did you watch them on Disney Plus? Yeah. Okay. I'm making my way through. So like the, the Pixar top 100 top grossing movies of all time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen people do that. Yeah, so that's on it. Uh, Coco, I still haven't seen. That's been Netflix forever. I still haven't seen it. Stuff like that. The ones that are on Disney Plus, I've been I need to make my way through the rest of the Pixar movies. I only the only two I haven't seen are Good Dinosaur and Cars Three. Same. And Toy Story Four. Same. Well, you've saved like kind of the worst for last because they're not great. But well, that's kind I of mean, why none I of their movies are that bad. Honestly, did you? Is this the first time you've seen Finding Dory? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. A lot. I heard like not good things about it, and I really like. It. It's I'm Sigourney the, Weaver. It's not. As good as the, first one. <laughs> it's not. the first one's more magical, like. I compare the first Incredibles to the second. Like, yeah, this one is like worthy at like worthy sequel, but like really good. There's I was laughing at it the whole time. It's damn funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's yeah. a surprisingly funny yeah. movie. Yeah, and <laughs> it it's at least completely different from the first movie. Mm-hmm. I just and, and it does have Marlon that. and Nemo take a total backseat too. Yeah, which I was like, do I actually like, like first I'm like from a writing point, I felt like it was a bad choice, but then after all, I'm like. Actually, they are the most flat characters anyway. Like you can't yeah. do a lot with them, so they're at the mercy of whatever weird characters you add into it. So it, it is weird because I I feel like there is actually slowly a, not like a backlash, but there is like a distaste for that movie mm-hmm. in the last couple of years since it's been released. And I was like, I'm surprised. Like mm-hmm. I I guess all the Pixar sequels are getting that, but I'm like, but they make good sequels. I feel like they've been making Pixar movies more and more. Like how they're doing three Marvel movies a year. They're doing a Pixar movie almost every year now. Yeah. So I feel like it's they're easily forgettable. Once yeah, people are just kind of a year or two talking about by. them as much. Because, you know, you had the original first five, which are just, they're the greatest things ever, mm-hmm. and nothing will top them. Like, I understand. They still make good movies. <laughs> they do about two a year. Didn't they do Cars 3 and Coco? 
I suppose. Yeah. Every once in a while they're doing two, and actually next year they're doing two again. Pretty like almost two months yeah. apart. They're doing that. Like, soul, they're doing Soul and the Onward. Onward. One about the, like the modern day trolls. They're like they're like the it's like a fantasy theory, movie, yeah. but if it was like in a suburb, and then they have Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. Yeah. And then they have Soul, which looks awesome. Uh, it looks like Inside Out. I don't even. If you haven't seen the trailer, don't watch it. Just yeah. go see the movie because yeah. I'd okay. love to see your reaction just without that trailer. Because yeah. the trailer will give you an idea what it's about. Uh, just take Soul and go see it. Okay. Um, Are you ready? Oh, yeah. One more thing about Finding Dory. The fish that are in the bags at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I was glad that they find. Did you say? Did you stay for the end credits? You no. gotta watch the end oh. credits. Did we? No. No. Um, wait, wait. In credits, I saw it on Disney. Did it was on Disney Plus? It's probably on Disney Plus, but it probably pushed away. Yeah. It probably went in the corner. I don't know. Willem Dafoe shows up. Yeah. Willem Dafoe he's, from the first movie. He's still in the bags. Yeah. Alive. The, the bags. Yeah, they're all still alive. They all pop up with like green slime on their bags. And really? Yeah. Dude, we gotta show you that after. Um, <laughs> are you ready? Yeah. yeah he's even credited. Like be- even before credited. they even show that, he's credited. Yeah, kind of ruined it because they're like, oh wait, it's like, oh, it's too bad they didn't show that. Oh wait, there they are. Yeah. They're showing up later. <laughs> okay. Paranormal investigators traveled to London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by malicious spirits. Uh, Conjuring 2. Mm-hmm. I didn't even listen. Like, I... For some reason, but... Uh, that's the only Conjuring movie I saw. Oh, I poop! Yeah, that was the only one we saw together. <laughs> that's the one where they go to London. But... Yeah. Wow. Really racked up the points today. Shut up! <laughs> you're, you're beating Chloe now. <laughs> Oh, Shut I know. up! <laughs> we should all be proud because Hunter got no points. So that's the only thing. You, that's a win you are win. awarded no points. <laughs> and may God have mercy on yourself. I actually just lost all my points. That's the new rule. If you don't get any points of the day, you can go back to zero. Can I that like be a rule like next year? We could can we actually do that? that It'd be, be like hard. Trial. You'd Dude, have to I have like a dry so erase board points. instead of a paper. You can't go back down to zero. What do you think of Conjuring 2? Because I don't know if I've ever seen it. It, it's dumb. They're all dumb. Excuse the me. first one was actually decent. The second one was. Eh. The nun is the um, only good one. Oh my god! Shut up. <laughs> actually, after seeing the nun, I have a little bit of appreciation for Conjuring. the Conjuring and the Annabelle movies because the nun was so terrible. Bad. <laughs> it was probably the worst horror movie I've ever seen. Not gonna lie. Wait a it was minute. Horrible. How many is there? Th- is a third a, one is coming out next year. So there's not a Conjuring 3 yet. Wait. It's coming out next year. Conjuring 3 is Conjuring 3 is coming out next year. <laughs> I thought they were doing the, like, whatever, Jangly Man or Gangly Man or whatever. Okay, so within the Conjuring universe, it's the, the Annabelle movies, the Conjuring movies, the Nun now, and they're doing the, what are they calling it, the Crooked Man? Is that oh, what they're calling yeah. it? So there's going to be four different movies so far within this whole universe. You know what I miss? It used to be every year there was a Saw, every year there was a Paranormal Activity. God, number let's one, not number two, bring number back three. Saw. It was so easy to follow. Now we got like 50 series you have to watch you just to, to wa- get the first Conjuring. You need like, to watch the pretty much it uh, commentary of Paranormal Activity. Paranormal that activity. was actually pretty funny. <laughs> it was good. And all that Holly Harry Potter movie. That was our episode on The Shining and Doctor Sleep. I think we're pretty much wrapping up now. Mm-hmm. We've been talking for three and a half hours, and now we just want a little bit of your time to talk about the environment. <laughs> Wait, that's not a joke, though. Actually, we actually Give Chloe a corner for that. <laughs> All right, guys. I could talk Chloe for another three and a half hours by myself. I hope everyone caught the Simpsons movie reference, but 
I always no. Alex I, penis? I every time that's where Tom Hanks comes out, right? No, <laughs> that's early. That's early in the movie with Green Day when when Green yeah, Day's yeah, playing, yeah. and then they say when they've been playing for three and a half no, hours. No, it's eating our bird. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been an honor playing with you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is on Disney Plus completely on it. Yeah. Penis and all. There is a penis on the Disney product. Everyone praise the Lord. There was another one too. Uh, they kept it because it looked I like a mouse. I'm like, there's a penis in that movie, but mm-hmm. I can't remember what movie it was. Uh, Wild Things, you see Christopher. <laughs> or not Christopher. Avatar, not. they have alien Kevin sex. Kevin penis. <laughs> The Dumbo cut, where or something cut, where there's just like the normal, just Timothy, put it away. Elephant schlong hanging. Yeah. Every shot of the movie. Are the crows in the new Dumbo movie? They were cut out completely in the new Dumbo movie. In the new Dumbo movie with Tim Burton, but actually the Lady in the Tramp movie, they do have <laughs> they the sign. The crows. The, the, well, <laughs> they put them in that movie. That all makes sense. The crows show up. The uh, the Indians from Peter Pan show up. But they cut and out the cats. every character from Song of the South is in late. No, Siamese cats show up in Lady in the Tramp, really? but they sing a new song, uh-huh. and they're played by obviously not like. Like it's not that they it's, don't sing that different. song, and they don't. That was my favorite. Lady in the Wait, Trap that's song. a good song. You know, to be honest, because I was kind of thinking, I was like, I was, I was like, God, that's so racist, haha. <laughs> and I started singing the song, and I was like, Wow, that is the only part of the movie I remember is <laughs> the most yeah. racist part of the I movie. I remember that and like the Irish dog. Who's the Irish dog? Oh, is that, that the like? The cha- I don't remember what his name was. They gender changed one of the dogs, yeah. which I thought the was kind of funny. The little black wire hair one. Yeah, that, that's the one they. I think they gender gender changed in this mm-hmm. in the new one, which I thought was like. I was like, I like that. Like even the dogs are getting, you know, their change of gender. Not that I'm against it, but everyone complains about it. So I'm like, I wonder if people complain for this dog in *Leading the Tramp*. Why'd you change its gender? Just make a new character. Well, well I'm mad now. Yeah, I hope you are. It, it actually, Lady in the Tramp was better than Dumbo and Lion King. Actually, well, yeah. Lion King sucks. I mean, so. and Lady in the Tramp. Refer to the Cinephile Studios video that he posted Is today. On there yet? No. no. Okay. Have you not seen the remake? It's probably the best of the That's Disney right, remakes. I mean, I'm hoping it would kind of be on there, but <laughs> it's very good. They're hoping you go buy that Blu-ray, but then, just like they did with Endgame, they'll release it on Disney Plus, and then there'll be new special features. And I'm like, cool, thanks for oh, yeah. making didn't me they, buy it. Didn't they put like the Infinity War? The one where his daughter shows up. The uh, oh, deleted scene yeah. of that where his daughter is played by the actress from Thirteen Reasons Why. Why. They have that scene uploaded now, mm-hmm. which. I didn't watch it yet, but it mostly ticked me off because I was like, "As a special feature on just Disney Plus." <clears throat> okay. So I bought the Blu-ray. I don't get that special feature, but then it's put on Disney Plus, and I was like, "Okay, screw you guys." Yeah. I don't remember what what it's. Re- it might be the Infinity Saga, but they released uh, special features of like Infinity War, like where Hulk is busting out of the uh, armor instead of oh yeah no I, oh because he shows up in infinity war mm-hmm. that wasn't just for the trailer like he actually was supposed to show it's up. really rough like footage of- yeah but like i remember he was edited into the trailer and then no. now it's interesting well it doesn't that- have it has him busting out of the hulkbuster armor and then there's also him showing up as professor hulk talking to scarlet or not scarlet uh Black Widow. I, I, I honestly I in like I like dabbing Hulk a lot more. I think he's the best version of the Hulk. Hulk out <laughs> Listen to your mom. She knows better. <laughs> um we can end oh, the episode. They're also doing M Man three official. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, praise God. Oh yeah. Uh, Peyton Reed doing it too, so mm-hmm. that's good. Weird. Yeah. They've announced like four movies for five. each year, almost. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. they, 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 they added more. They added five they added new, new dates. titles. Yeah. Oh no. Titles for twenty twenty three. Some of them don't have titles, but, but like. What are the ones that were announced? Captain to. Marvel two is announced now, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> Captain Marvel two Spider-Man will be. It's 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 the unannounced ones, but it's gonna be probably the May one. Black Panther 2 is announced and has like a secure date. I just forget the date. Uh, for the 2023 new dates that they announced, uh, it's theorized that the first one will be Guardians 3, second one will probably be Captain Marvel. Uh, what was Spider Man 3? That's going to be stuck. That's going to be like next year. And that's actually. Or uh, next year. Or, oh, no, no, 2021. Year, 2021. Just because. And that's actually Sony's whole deal, so Disney doesn't even get to announce that. So I think Disney's <clears throat> announcing four movies a year. And on top of that, when there's a Spider Man movie, they'll actually technically be five mm-hmm. in one year. So, yeah. Um, that's a lot of movies, but also I'm, I'm not sick of it because we're losing the X Men movies. So. There's Are gonna we? be yeah. <laughs> maybe DC will slow down. That's what I, it's I, gonna free up space. Oh, I just started watching uh, X Men Evolution. Do you remember that oh, that early two thousands X Men show that was on? Yep. Was, was it live action? That? No. Okay. I was gonna say I was like I live thought action, I remember action. that. But they did do a, they did, a live they did action like X Men yeah. of a show. They did um what's it called? I don't remember. Is it Legion? Called. Oh yeah, I no! Legion. I thought you were talking about the early two thousands show. Mm. Legion was kind of kind of neat. But. You know, originally everyone wanted Danny DeVito on the internet back in like 1999. They wanted Danny DeVito to play Wolverine. Oh my god, I and need then that, that in was my like life. Brought back to life 20 years later <laughs> when everybody. Skinny arms to be. <laughs> <laughs> the trash man. But Butter me up, I'll be the. the- <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say that one, no one knows where it comes from. But I'm like, that's like the best line in the series. It's like. <laughs> We was like we were playing about the watermelon, but someone ate the watermelon. Butter me up, I'll be the watermelon. <laughs> My rum hand. Oh. <laughs> if you want to get inside this boy's hole, you gotta pay the troll toll. If you want to pay the troll toll to get in, <laughs> that's our Wolverine. <laughs> but no, X Men Evolution. It's a really good show. Anyway, I'm gonna. Well, it's wait, time, it's time are we to, still recording? Yeah, well, I'll cut a bunch of this out. This is the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, always, always beware the cinema swamp. Thanks for listening to this episode. So, what did you think of The Shining and the new sequel, Doctor Sleep? Do you think it was offensive to the Kubrick classic, or do you think it brought just enough new stuff to the universe that made it a worthwhile sequel? Leave a comment on this episode, like our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cinema Swamp, and remember, always beware of the Cinema Swamp.